0: Hello lovely people, and welcome back to The Fourth Wall. Hey everybody, welcome back and thanks again for tuning in. Later on I'm going to be chatting to cher from Creative Voices, And we've got a brand new kind of quiz segment for you, so stick around for that. As always, we're going to kick off our show with our discussion point. Don't forget that you can connect with us over on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Give us a shout out, let us know your thoughts. So our discussion point this week, I... I'm taking from a few of the news things that have been going on at the moment. So as we come into the season of um, theatres looking to reopen, lots of theatres are now rebooking shows and announcing when their show is going to be starting up again. And there has been research going on by What's On Stage on attitudes towards vaccine passports. And now these passports, which are also known as COVID status certifications. So you'd have um, proof of a negative test or of a COVID vaccination. So the poll was close to 2000 theater goers. And these passports are not exclusively for those who have been vaccinated. So it is either if you haven't been vaccinated, it would be um, that you've taken a COVID test and it was negative and you show proof of that, or you show proof of your vaccination. So 62% of the 2,000 theatregoers that were um, asked about this were pro-vaccine passports after the 21st of June, which is the current date that social distancing measures might be eased um, if the roadmap goes ahead, while 63% said that this passport would make them feel more confident about returning to live theatre. So what's on stage have broken down the figures depending on whether or not Um, the respondent had already received at least one Covid jab. So among those that were already vaccinated, sentiment shifted significantly. So only 17.85% would be unwilling to use vaccine passports, with over 80% willing to use certification. Now again, that was with those who are already vaccinated. This is a real contrast to those who had not yet received a vaccine dose where 45.83% would be pro-COVID status certification so they would happily use the passport and though 11.67% admitted their opinion would change once they had received the jab. So given the pace of the vaccine effort it's likely that by the time 21st of June rolls around A higher proportion of theatre-goers will have received their vaccine and may therefore be pro-certification. So the analysis of those providing feedback um, welcomed the general principle and saw it as a really great idea, uh, especially if it led to some sense of normality coming back. Um, Although there were a number of um, concerns voiced around those unable to have a vaccine due to medical reasons, um, Though the individuals may still be able to get tests. Um, other concerns included how it might affect the younger people um, who, because of the vaccine rollout and, and the, the steps for that, they might not have been able to get a jab yet. Now, for me, I've had my first COVID jab. I was very lucky to get mine. Um, but I think even before that, I think I would have been happy to provide proof that I have a negative COVID test. Um, I, as many of you know, I work in a school and I test twice a week anyway for that. And I have to report that to the NHS. Um, and yeah, that's no issue for me, but I do understand the concerns behind people not having the vaccine. And, and I guess if you've had the vaccine, that doesn't necessarily mean you can't still pass it on, I guess, I guess is the concern. Um, especially for those that have only had one jab, I know for me, I've had my first jab, and there's still that worry that you know I'm I'm still very careful. I'm not I'm not walking around hugging people, and you know disregarding the fact that we still need to stay safe and wash our hands and keep our distances. Even with the second jab, I think you'd still be, you'd still have to be very careful. So I do get those concerns, and I think especially for the younger people, and and theatre is not more attended by young people, but I think young people at the moment are very invested in theatre and they see a lot of their um, peers or people who are the same age as them or similar age to them, very um, young people coming up in the theatre at the moment and, and that's being celebrated and I think that, for them, makes them want to go more. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this are. I mean, have you been vaccinated? Have you not? Um, are you able to get vaccinated? Um would you provide a COVID passport to be able to go and watch a show? Um, I know I've booked a couple of shows already to go to, and if they turned around and said you need to bring proof of, of either having a vaccination or a negative test, that would be no issue for me. But I don't know whether I would feel differently were I not able to get the vaccine. I think that's that for me is, is the, the cincher. I guess for those who haven't had it yet, there's still that that road ahead like they know that they're on the list and they're going to get it but I guess for those who can't have the vaccine that might be the worry for them because again you know you just don't know who's who's passing on on what so yeah give us give us your thoughts and and let us know what you think and I think this is yeah something that I think will be talked about for a while and and I'm not sure whether it will happen I don't think it's a bad thing um I don't think it's something that people should worry about I think you know yes you could book your tickets and then get and get a positive test unfortunately and and not be able to go but I guess in that sense are the theaters going to you know uh, honor honor your your ticket and your ticket sales and and refund your tickets so yeah I thought I would just chat about that it's been in the news lately I've been seeing it pop up and down and And yeah, it's been something that has been on my mind for a while to chat about. So let me know, have you been vaccinated? Have you not? Um, What are your thoughts on the COVID passport? Would you happily show a negative test result or a COVID vaccine um, card to to be able to go to the theatre again? So yeah, let me know. Let me know your thoughts. So before we go into our quiz section, there are a few um, productions... uh, shows coming up that I wanted to just highlight. I know there are lots going on at the moment, these are just a few that have popped up on my social media um, and that I have have booked for. So yeah, tickets are going fast, so I would say get your tickets in. The first is um, an all-star revival of the hit musical Disenchanted. Now this show twists the conventional tale of fairy tale princesses, so if you are a Disney fan like myself, if you love a good princess story I would recommend booking this. It retells their stories from fresh perspectives. It was first seen off Broadway and it's coming back, uh, it's going to be live streamed next month. So the cast features Jodie Steele as Snow White, Sophie Isaacs as Cinderella, Grace Muat as Pocahontist, Millie O'Connell as The Little Mermaid, Shanae Holmes as The Princess Who Kissed the Frog, Courtney Bowman as Bad Natalie Chua as Hua Mulan, Ali Daniel as Cinderella, Aisha Jawando as Belle, and Jenny O'Leary as Rapunzel. Now, if that doesn't pique your interest already with those amazing stars, I mean, the story itself will just get you. Um, So it's been nominated for a variety of awards, and it has been filmed entirely on green screen. So... I mean, this is just something that blows my mind and I can't wait to see it. I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic piece of theatre. These ladies are sensational. Um, It's been produced by Shanae Holmes, who is in the show and directed by Tom Jackson Greaves. And he says that Disenchanted is exactly what our audiences need right now as we fill our hearts with hope for the future. Laughter, magic, and just a couple of woodland creatures. And this cast just you wait and I completely agree I have seen almost all of these people perform um, and they are sensational I mean the level of of talent shoved into this show is just phenomenal so tickets are 15 pounds and they're available via stream.theatre and it plays from the 9th of April to the 11th of April so only three nights Um, and I think right now they said the first 200 tickets will also receive exclusive access to the vip after party with the cast on zoom and i know they sold out and they released 250 more tickets so i mean if you want to hang out with princesses after this after the show i would recommend it i've booked for the 9th of april i am super super excited and yeah just go and get your tickets again tickets are 15 pounds and you can book them via stream.theatre another show that Um, I am, I have booked to see, Um, I have talked about uh, productions from the Barn Theatre before, the Secret Society of Leading Ladies we had was from the Barn Theatre which was phenomenal. So this next is um, a play which is adapted um, from Michael Mapurgo's An Elephant in the Garden and it runs from the 2nd of April to the 18th of April. It's part of their Michael Mapurgo stream season Um, and it just looks phenomenal. It looks absolutely phenomenal. So this story tell is set against the backdrop of the 1945 Dresden bombings, and it follows Lizzie, her mother, and an elephant from the zoo known as Marlene as they flee the Allied firebombing in the endgame of the Second World War. And now, as I said, it's based on the book by Michael Mapergo, um, adapted and directed by Simon Reed and performed by Alison Reid. Um, and it just looks phenomenal. I've seen some of the... Um, the production photos and they just look incredible I mean yeah I would say go and get your tickets the tickets um, are £13.50 and it provides you with 24 hours access from the performance time Um, and you can get your tickets at barntheatre.org.uk forward slash barn at home or just google barn theatre and follow the links through to what's on for them so yeah I'm really excited to to watch that i think that's going to be fantastic again it's not a musical but i think it's going to be that i mean from looking at the production photos alone um i'll pop someone else's social media posts post, but it looks, it looks fantastic it's fantastic. Fantastic. Another, another really fantastic production too. now the last one i don't know whether we'll be too late or not to to get your tickets so the last one is another piece from the barn theatre and it is the digital world premiere of Now or Never. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I premiered the song that had been written um, to launch this this production, and that alone was incredible. Now, this uh, show is on tonight. That is the 1st of April. That is tonight at half past six, and it will be live streamed from the Barn Theatre. It's half an hour, and it's going to be live streamed. It's a British song cycle with an exciting and ambitious digital twist. So that alone should pique your interest to go and get tickets. Um, It's a song cycle written by associate artist Matthew Harvey, um, and it follows seven people as they each take a defiant act of positivity in their last week on Earth. Um, The cast includes Eloise Davies, Ahmed Hamad, Matthew Harvey, Irvine Iqbal, Lucy St. Louis, katie shearman and courtney stapleton um i apologize to anyone if i have mispronounced anyone's names in in reading these cast list off. um but yeah so this is the first collaboration between the barn theater and their associate artist matthew harvey he created the song cycle with the intention of writing about individual responses to global adversity without writing specifically about the pandemic and i think that is amazing this is something that will be able to be carried on for years this is not something that is just exclusive to this time and you know it's not going to disappear after the pandemic finishes it is it's going to remain so relevant um and the, it has seven songs with relatable everyday characters and they choose positivity in the face of adversity and i think that for, for now is so prominent as well like to be able to help us and to be able to to inspire us to be able to choose positivity in our lives and there's not a lot going on at the moment you know we see so many things happening at the moment in the world that that are really hard to take in and really hard to process and if we can have a production that encourages us and inspires us to choose that positivity and to find that positivity in our lives then I think it's everyone should see it um So this is a non-stop one-shot song cycle with one camera navigating the entire building featuring seven characters moving between seven spaces. And it's going to be streamed live for one night only. Who knows? It may come back. I feel like they are going to be overwhelmed with people wanting to see this show. So hopefully it will come back. But yeah, if you want to get your tickets, the tickets are £10. And again, they can be purchased at the barntheatre.org.uk forward slash barn at home or just google barn theatre so yeah so that is tonight so apologies if you are listening to this tomorrow or (laughs) after the day Um, hopefully as i said hopefully it will it will come back but yeah i just wanted to highlight a few productions that are taking place i know there are loads more and if there are more that you want us to promote or you think that we should be telling our listeners to go and watch please do hit us up with the links and with um the information we would love to celebrate So now we have come to our quiz segment. As I said, we're going to play something new. We're going to play true or false. So I'm going to read you five statements. All you have to do is work out if they are true or false. So here we go. Number one, Laurence Olivier's family nicknamed him Olivier Twist due to his love of the pl- stage play Oliver Twist. Lawrence Olivier's family nicknamed him Olivier Twist due to his love of the stage play Oliver Twist. Number two, Billy Elliot the Musical has toured to Durham, North Carolina, but never to County Durham, England, where the play is set. Is that true or false? Billy Elliot the Musical has toured to Durham, North Carolina, but never to County Durham, England, where the play is set. Number three, Disney's The Lion King closely follows the plot of Shakespeare's Hamlet. Disney's The Lion King closely follows the plot of Shakespeare's Hamlet. Number 4. Andrei Tchaikovsky bequeathed his skull to the Royal Shakespeare Company, which was used to play the famous Yorick in the 2008 production of Hamlet. Andrei Tchaikovsky bequeathed his skull to the Royal Shakespeare Company, which was used to play the famous Yorick in the 2008 production of Hamlet. Is that true or false? And number five, before he was Pope, Pope John Paul II wrote a play called The Jewelers' Shop, which played the Westminster Theatre in 1982. Before he was Pope, Pope John Paul II wrote a play called The Jewelers' Shop, which played the Westminster Theatre in 1982. So there are your five statements. Can you work out which are true and which are false? And stay tuned later on for the answers. So I would love to now welcome on to the show, Cher-Anne. cher is the founder and director of Creative Voices UK. And it's a platform that she's created inspired by the events of the Black Lives Matter movement and recent events of Stop Asian Hate. Um, so welcome, welcome to the show cher hi <laughs> uh, so yeah so we're gonna play it's gonna start off with a game uh this is called this or that so i'm gonna give you two options and you just tell me which one you prefer okay uh, so netflix or disney plus netflix instagram or tiktok instagram dogs or cats dogs live action or original cartoons
1: Original cartoons.
0: Princesses or villains?
1: That's hard. (laughs) Princess.
0: (laughs) Dresses or leggings? Leggings. Night out or night in? Night in. Holiday at home or abroad? Abroad. Night or day? Night. Hot or cold? Live recordings or studio cast recordings?
1: Studio cast recordings.
0: West End or Broadway?
1: Yeah. Uh, West End. Um, old or new musicals? New. Yeah.
0: Nice. Oh, I love <laughs> that game. It's, it's very, it te- kind of like gives you an insight to, into people <laughs> right, cool. Um, so yeah, so why don't we start? Why don't you tell us um, a bit about you, who you are, and, and kind of your journey
2: throughout the arts and, and your career and stuff.
1: Yeah, cool. So I'm Sharan. I'm from Vancouver. I'm actually currently in Vancouver at the moment. Um, I moved to London six and a half years ago. Um, to pursue musical theater, Um, tried to get into various drama schools. I didn't want to do the full three-year thing because I've started a bit late, um, my Um, mid-20s. The dream was the Royal Academy of Music. I auditioned there twice, still didn't get in. (laughs) And then over time, I kind of just um, networked a lot with people, did various master classes and getting one-on-one coaching from industry industry professionals. Um, I did a part-time course down in Dorset Um, that was a foundation, kind of just a little step into acting because I had no acting experience. And then one of my mentors a few years ago was like, why don't you audition for this school? And it didn't really, it wasn't really one of my top places to audition. Um, So I got in on the first try and I'm now currently in my final year. So I'm graduating this year from the MTA, their two year um, fast track program. So yeah, excited to kind of dive in to the industry finally and seeking representation now.
2: Awesome.
0: So yeah, so you um, kind of reached out to us. You you've got um, you started up Creative Voices. Yes. So why don't you tell us a little bit about about that and kind of your inspiration behind behind that and starting that
1: up? Yeah. So um, around June last year, a week or so after the whole George Floyd incident, um, there was this event, as they would say, Blackout Tuesday, (laughs) you know, where people were posting black boxes and um, certain entertainment um, platforms were not playing any music, um, drama schools were not doing any dance classes, um, just to kind of have that solemn silence as a community. Um, And I just remember that day, Um, We didn't do any classes. We had a couple of guests on the Zoom because I was doing a term online. Um, Had a couple of people sharing their experiences um, as ethnic minorities. And it kind of really, um, it was a light bulb moment actually that I wanted to put together something to put these voices that we don't really hear necessarily a lot of the time and give them a place to share their voices and have them heard regardless of where they come from so yeah I was really empowered to put a platform together for uh, ethnic minority actors um, and to that is specifically for drama school students uh, for grads and um, those in the industry who just want to kind of listen to these stories of firsthand um, experiences of discrimination and since June last year I've had about 46 guests um, West End off west End um, yeah. So it's been really, really um, successful so far.
0: Oh wow, amazing! So yeah, so what kind of things do you? Um, I know that um, one of our previous guests, um, Millie, Millicent Blair, she she talked about the group, and I know she's been to a few of the of the meetings. So what what can you expect coming into a one of your kind of meetings? What what does that look like?
1: Yeah. So I. First of all, want to um, reassure everyone it is a safe space because it's all on Zoom. I facilitate it completely. I manage all of the social media platforms and I make sure that the guests coming in know it's a safe space as well and the get um, participants coming to listen, they are aware that they're not looking for all the answers. They're just there to listen and um, we're there to support and not judge each other and what I like to do at the beginning is kind of like an icebreaker to get everyone thinking. I just ask a series of questions and people can put their hand up if they've experienced anything or if they've witnessed anything, been silent about anything just to get them thinking Um, and then I leave it to the guests, hand it over to them and I ask about uh, who they are, where they come from, which is a not really the best question to ask, but I like to ask where they were born and what's their ethnicity, just to get more insight of who they are. And then kind of going into their childhood days, um, going into training, if they had any training, and then entering the industry if they have any specific experiences they'd like to share. Um, but usually things come up when we have the open discussion with the students, so they, they can ask anything they want. There's no stupid question. So it's quite an open, free Q&A type of thing, really chill. At first, it seems a bit formal because of the way that it's formatted, but in the end, we just really want to get to know the guest. and um I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day so yeah (laughs) awesome
0: yeah I think it's so important to to create that kind of platform and and have that safe space where you know questions are encouraged and listening is encouraged and you know just to be able to to be together and have that community so how can how can we get involved I know you said it's for um it's mainly for grads and like theater students and stuff so how can they get involved and how can we who are not theater or grad students whatever get involved as well
1: Um, So for grads and students, we just need to see that they've obviously drunk have graduated or have some credits if they haven't trained um, just some proof that they are industry related because it is an industry talk I've had various um, fans message being can I join and I said it's not that kind of environment it's mostly because we want to push and create change in the industry moving forward as much as we do appreciate that um, it's great to just share the platform with friends who might be interested so the more we share and the more we um, get the conversations going then yeah the more we can create change so yeah we were on instagram we're on twitter facebook um, creative voices uk yeah
0: awesome all right yeah it'd be great to kind of you know support you guys even if it's not i know you know i'm not a graduate anymore but um you know it's, it's i think it's so important to encourage that and to to really show that you know I think people have always got followers who are young and you know people in the industry who are young and, and to be able to pinpoint them to a place where they can they can have these safe discussions and these these safe places
2: I think is really important.
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to see if I can move forward in a way that can possibly move into a podcast. But again, there's that boundary of safe space that I'm trying to work out, because I know there's a lot of people that want to know what's going on, but they're not a student and they're not an actor and they want to know what's going on. So I'm trying to figure that out at the moment. Um, but yes, it's it's growing. And uh, there's various students across the UK. I've even had like a participant over in South America um, tune in so it's it the words getting out there
0: <laughs> oh, amazing so what what do you find are some when you kind of have these discussions and and have these chats with people are there any kind of bit like assumptions or mistakes that people that you find people that people make or are making or there's things that are out there that maybe are um like i don't want to say misguided but people have like have the wrong information through no fault of their own or they you know assumptions are made about certain certain issues or certain things?
2: Um
1: I think there is this ideal of what certain ethnicities look like. And um I mean I've ha- I haven't had that many Latino guests on the platform. I've only had a couple. I've had a lot of black artists because that was the main pinpoint at the beginning. Um, but hearing the experiences of other ethnic minorities who actually may come across as white, you wouldn't know until you actually start getting to know them. So it's just really, really understanding one another, where they're coming from and don't make assumptions that, oh, you don't have this experience, therefore you can't be this. Um, You should be open to anything really.
0: So following on from all of that and, and everything that's happened after the, the George Floyd incident, what can someone like myself who has not experienced things like this, um, what can I do to help? What can I do to support my friends? What can I do, um, you know, to be, to show like my support and, and stuff? Like, I think there's a lot going around that people don't want to, you know, post the wrong thing or say the wrong thing um, or say something that, that offend someone else. So what can someone like me do to, to show that support?
1: Um, It really doesn't matter what you share and post online. It is what you do behind that. Um, and if you have a various diverse group of friends, it's just not saying, oh, you know, I'm here if you need anything or being that white savior kind of person. It's just maybe asking questions um about maybe their family uh growing up even just a little curious just just to show that you're interested but not putting them on the spot you want to make sure there's a safe space in order to do that people are not really listening um in and um just letting them know that you actually care um that's important because i find that people are saying to me um because i'm half I'm, I'm mixed race. Um, people are saying, oh yeah, I really want to get to know this and this, but they don't really ask me anything. They kind of just leave it. It's like, okay, you want to you want to be active, but I don't see you being active about it. So it's just really showing interest. And if you witness anything in a group setting, um, say, oh, I don't really know how I feel about this, instead of speaking out in that moment, it'd be best to kind of pull that person aside who's possibly been victimized and saying, oh, um, I just recognized this earlier. Are you okay? Um, is there anything I can do for you? Rather than pulling up the person who made the comment or, you know, things like that. Just like go the extra, just a little bit extra bit to ensure that, you know, we're in an inclusive environment.
0: No, absolutely. I think that's so important. Like for me, I grew up. The church that I'm involved in is um, is extremely diverse. We live in a very diverse borough in Brent, um, and the church. It's I've always been brought up around. um, You know, like you call them, like your aunties and all these African ladies who are amazing, and you know they've got so many stories to tell. And that's we were always encouraged to ask questions. You know, there was no there was no question that was too silly. Like you know, as a child, you want to know everything about a country that you've never been to and a place that you've never been to, and yeah. yeah, so I think that creating that space just to be like, actually, you know, you can ask questions and, you know, you can find out more from the people around you.
1: Yeah, so even guess- like people who have been born in the UK or born in America um, and they come across coming from another country. Um, just saying, oh, have you actually ever been to, you know, and they could they probably haven't. Um, And then you can create a conversation. Have you ever wanted to? And, you know, that even makes them interested in what and discovering who they are because they might not even have any idea of their history. So it's just a great way to just get to know each other. That's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. So what are some things that you've kind of seen or that you've experienced what what what's going well at the moment for you know, in in theater specifically with the you know with the black lives matter movement and other things other issues that are going on what what have you seen or experienced that, that's
2: going well
1: um i know from hearing people's experiences that a few com- um, productions are changing specifically like prince of egypt for example i know they're doing a lot of active work within the company not just the actors but the creative team i think it's important to that to do that because it really is the people at the top that make changes um without them we couldn't have the shows that we have so it's just helping to open the minds of those up at the top and um recently like things that have been announced um shows and other things are starting to be a bit more um like colorblind um casting um being more inclusive to the LGBTQ community like Rent was amazing I don't know if you watched that (laughs) at the Hope Mill that was probably one of the best things I've seen in the past year um yeah I see it slowly happening and hopefully we'll see more of it um but at the moment I know that there's just this thing of like okay yeah we have a white person and we have a black person white and black but there are so many different shades of black and there's so many different shades of brown just because you put a black person in a in a in a cast or in a, in a, a live concert or whatever it doesn't make it diverse it has to be every everybody in
2: between so yeah
0: yeah no I agree I think there is you know you can see it in 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 lots of things there's there's a lot of there's a there's a beginning process to like you know like I say color blind casting and I know things like you know Bridgerton came out and said it's not color blind casting it's color um what was the word they used um color conscious casting yes and that for me was like actually that's that's great because to me then you know it it didn't before that was even mentioned in the news it didn't even cross my mind that there was you know these black mixed race people in a regency. Yeah thing Because of their, because their performance was so great, and what they yeah. do, they, you know, that's what they're there for. They're there to do their job. You know, yeah. they're not there to be the token. You know, yeah. it's person, the token person of color or the token mixed race person. And I think you know, yeah. it's like, well, that didn't even cross my mind to think.
2: Yeah.
0: Maybe he should have been like, you know, you just don't think yeah. about it. So I think, yeah, I think things are taking the right step, but yeah slowly. I think you know, it's getting there.
1: Yeah, I really loved Bridgerton, what they did, because, yeah, you don't question about where they come from, it's just they're playing, you know, uh, a universal story, it doesn't matter where they're coming from, but if you watch it back, I guarantee you, if you watch that whole series again, if you see an Asian person, they're in the background, and they have no lines, so it's yes, there is diversity happening, but that is not, that is not really diverse, as they would say, so there's still a long way to go.
0: Definitely, definitely. And that that kind of brings me on to my next question and what, what do you feel like needs to be done, obviously taking a step, you know, now that we are getting more diverse cast to make it actually diverse. Yeah, Um, what else? What do you think needs to be needs to needs to change in the in the nearest future?
1: Well, um, I think over the past year through the pandemic, there's been a lot of writing going on, a lot of creatives. um, Immersing through the silence, and that's what we need. Really, is important and interesting stories. Like I want to hear about a sassy, queer Asian woman, not the prostitute, um, ethnically, you know, that kind of exotic person. Um, a gay Latino man. Um, finding the love of his life um those interesting stories that we just don't hear about um africa is not is not like africa is huge <laughs> and i'm sure there are so many stories in that continent because people think africa is a country it's not it's a huge continent and the middle east um there's just so many things that we just don't know and we we automatically stereotype in boxes and um, just flipping everything over on its head, I think would be a great way to do that. And people are just scared to take that risk. Um, what I find is um, on Broadway and off-Broadway, they, because they have the money and people with a lot of money, they're willing to take certain risks. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, it flops. But I feel like they take more risks there than we do in the UK. They're a bit more precautious um, in that way. Yeah. yeah,
0: definitely. No, I do agree. One thing we've definitely talked about um, on, on the podcast is this kind of thing of typecasting. And, and we talked about it on a previous episode and kind of the, the plus size side of things and, and body image and stuff. But it definitely, I think it applies through any kind of looks, like, you know, skin colour, ethnicity, where, you know, the way you talk, the way you come from. And I think it is definitely this this conditioning that's going on and especially as there are so many young people now looking to the media, they've all got social media, they're all looking at what's going on. They need to see representation of themselves. Yeah, what they see.
1: Definitely. Um, yeah. And disabilities and all of that as well. Um, what, what did I watch a few years ago? Amelia. I don't know if you saw Amelia. It was just so amazing to see a whole like a woman cast um, of different backgrounds and I think one of them had a disability but that didn't matter at all um so yeah we need more of that <laughs>
0: yeah exactly and i think it comes back to that thing of you know they're there to do their job that they've trained for and that they're good at and they wouldn't be there if they weren't good at what they were doing yeah. it doesn't you know regardless of what they look like or what they sound like or you know the way they dress or the way they hold themselves like they're there to do their job and they're passionate yeah. about what they're doing
1: yeah i think yeah and the more we see that the more young people of those different um backgrounds will want to get into the into performing like i am one of two of people of color in my year um which is not much obviously but it some schools have more and um, but you don't get students interested unless they see themselves <laughs> yeah yeah
0: no exactly so how How do you think, um, I know we talked a little bit about um, things that Prince of Egypt is doing and stuff. So how can kind of theatres and workplaces support um, not not just people of colour, but also non-people of colour to have these safe spaces and have these environments where these discussions are happening, but in a safe place?
1: I think, well, this was just a little idea. I mean, I have no power, (laughs) but I. As part of a drama school, or if I was part of a show, I would love to see a cast or a company or a school get involved in their local community somehow. I mean my school is based in tottenham and tottenham is you know a rough area and you see the community around there and you just kind of finding a way to reach out because some people don't even know if that you're there or they think oh that's not for me um and it shows as well people through the west end oh it's so expensive i can't afford to go there it's just kind of like going an extra bit maybe doing student and discounts or not just student discounts but more than that um i know hamilton they sometimes invite um, low privilege students to come watch and even like take them backstage and get give them a bit more of an experience not just of the actors but also maybe even the the stage side like being a company manager and things like that just being a bit more active in that way involved because some people some young people might not want to be on the stage or on the screen maybe they want to be behind the camera um those kind of things yeah yeah definitely i think so i think one
0: a few years ago um i i took a uh, the choir that i was um leading we went to um the english national opera and they mm. had these schools schools um school's days where you went and they did these operas for the kids and it was very good and it was amazing and the kids loved it. And I was I was worried because the school that I was working in was very kind of deprived. The children were coming from very low income families. Um, and it was, again, a very diverse school. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, are they going to enjoy it? But actually watching it, there were people of colour on the stage. There were different you know people doing these performances. And it was amazing to see these kids react to an opera I was like in your head you go operas for grown-ups kids are not going to get it but they adored it and that for me was so you know so heartwarming and I was like that's why we do it that's why we go and we support these productions like this because it inspires the youngest generation
1: yeah I remember having a couple of guests on the platform Um, they were in that show Broken Wings I think the music and was, it had to do with Ramin or Ramin Karamlu or Nadim. Um, yeah. yeah. And they went out to the Middle East to do it there and they did a, a short run at the Haymarket, I believe. And the actors who I had on the platform, I mean, you wouldn't know, they look white but they obviously have a Middle Eastern background. And they loved going to perform and seeing people in the audience wearing the headscarf and seeing so many of them. And also just seeing um, non non-people of color um, reacting how they would react as well and that's quite empowering and not a lot of people have seen that and we just need to have more of that because that's how we kind of as a community come together to really recognize everyone's differences yeah absolutely absolutely
0: I think there's a lot of great there and a lot of a lot of things that can be done so hopefully people are listening and <laughs> yeah. they take note I think I think yeah I think if if these if these places are created and these safe spaces are encouraged then you know things can just flourish and and go really far mm,
2: um, yeah
0: yeah so what's what's something that's really or a couple of things what's inspired you during the last year
1: in the last year <laughs> um it's been up and down really I think We've done a lot of digital theatre now, and it's really impressive to see how companies and like my school in particular have still managed to run things as if like it was normal. Um, so digital theatre is really um, blossoming and people are now doing more self-tapes, like self-tapes is just going to be a thing, like t- instead of going to the audition, they just want to see you on camera. and that's really yeah i find that really i don't know if it's a good thing it also has its downside because there's a thing about going into the room and seeing how you are as a person Um, but then again it's beneficial to just at the click of a mouse being able to do that um and just yeah being creative and seeing a lot of new people come come up um creating work uh i really love the songs for a new world that they did um online and then they did at the Palladium I went to the Palladium as well and just seeing those kinds of things but also yes it's kind of like revivals but just get more you know take the risk and put out in original stories
0: (laughs) oh amazing awesome so um as we kind of come to the end what's one piece of advice or one thought or one one piece of inspiration that you can leave our, our listeners with um, to take into the week kind of to sum up what we've been chatting about. Um, and yeah, something to kind of inspire them into the next into the next week. White is
1: not the default. We are in a world full of so many different people we go to the, we go to the store, we go on the bus, we go on the train, look at the people around you. And then you look at the stage. Um, open your eyes. And see how you yourself can create change, because we want to reflect what we surround ourselves with. So yes, open your eyes and um, don't be afraid to have those difficult conversations. Because in order to make the change, you need to have the uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Such, such a good, oh, I love that. Such a good thought to leave us with. We <laughs> agree. Well, thank you so much. for.
1: Thank you. Episode. It's
0: been great. And, thank yeah. you for having me. So a massive thank you to Sharon again. And do go and follow them on Facebook or uh, Instagram at Creative Voices UK. Um, and if you are a graduate or a student, um, go and check it out and, and join one of their sessions. Um, I've been very lucky to be able to um, be invited to a future session, and I'm really looking forward to that. I think it will really open my eyes to understand a little bit more about something that I really can't, I really struggle to understand because that's not my experiences. And I think we have to remember that there's people like myself who are not people um, of color or, or from ethnic backgrounds that you know we we can't have those experiences, but we can show our support and we can show our love to our friends and our neighbors and yeah I think this is something that is just so important and creating those safe spaces I think that is that is something that is I'm just going to take away with me is you know creating a safe space to be able to not only ask questions but to listen and respond and and have those discussions so yeah so hopefully this inspires lots of you and do let us know your thoughts and, and anything that you've got to say around this this topic, we would, love, we would love to hear. So before we have the results of our true or false quiz earlier, I wanted to share a song with you that has popped up on my Instagram um, and my TikTok, and it's a song called Ready To Be Loved, and it's been written by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, and Pasek and Paul wrote um, Dear Evan Hansen, so we know their music is good and this song is called ready to be loved and it's about 2021 being the year of finding love and th- this song is a banger it is just it's a dance number you can move along to it it's already in my spotify playlist um so yes yeah, so i just thought i'd play it for you and have a little bit of positivity towards the end of our um, our podcast so here we go he's ready to be loved by benj pasek and
2: justin paul a new survey of single Americans has found that more than half of them feel optimistic that this will be the year they find the one.
0: It seems 2021 could be the year for love.
2: I think I've worked it out. I think at last the clouds have moved aside. I spent a lifetime waiting for So I have healed and I have grown.
0: reveal the results of our true or false quiz from earlier on so number one Lawrence Olivier's family nicknamed him Olivier Twist due to his love of the stage play Oliver Twist and that was false his nickname was in fact Kim number two Billy Elliot the musical has toured to Durham North Carolina but never to County Durham England where the play is set and that is true number three disney's the lion king closely follows the plot of shakespeare's hamlet if you know your plots you'll know that this is true number four Andrei tchaikovsky bequeathed his skull to the royal shakespeare company which was used to play the famous yorick in the 2008 production of hamlet this was true Uh, goes to show you that it's never too late to get involved in theater Um, i guess I wonder what it was like to be the actor to hold um, his real skull and number five before he was Pope, Pope John Paul II wrote a play called The Jeweler's Shop which played the Westminster Theatre in 1982 this was in fact true uh, he did in fact write a play called The Jeweler's Shop which played at the Westminster Theatre in 1982 so who would have thanked it so let us know uh, how many you got right and yeah, we did So guys, that is it for this week. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Welcome if this is your first episode and welcome back if it's not. Um, don't forget to check out our Instagram posts where you can win a £10 theatre token. Um, all the instructions are on our post and yeah, go and go and give it some love and tag some friends and yeah, you could be in, in with a chance of winning a £10 theatre token. So that'd be great as, as theatres start opening up, you can go and spend that on your favourite production. Um so next week as it's Easter we're going to be taking a little break from the podcast. We're gonna be taking a two-week break um while we recharge, re-energize, and we will be back in two weeks' time um for a new season of the fourth wall. So guys, have a great Easter and a great break if you are having a break. If not, make sure you're still having some time to recharge and re-energize and rest up. remember to stay safe, stay stagey, and most importantly, stay you. Until next week, bye!